Hello and welcome to Word for the Day. This is Father Pete Matthews from St. Patrick's Anglican Church in Lexington, Kentucky. And on today's Word for the Day, we continue the uh, our series entitled How to Read the Bible. And so today I want to talk about how we connect the Old Testament to the New Testament, how we can appropriate the Old Testament into the New Testament. So one of the challenges is the knowledge that in as Christians we live under the New Covenant. We're no longer under the Old Covenant, which is the, the covenant with Moses. Um, or it's often said we're no longer no longer under the law, um, and so the question comes up: Well, how then do we use the Old Testament as Christians? So let let me give you a few things to that'll help you kind of figure this out. So let's talk first about the Old Testament law, the Torah, the 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 stuff that's primarily ninety nine percent in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. You read all that stuff. I mean, how much of it is about the temple and the tabernacle? And it's like, we don't have the same temple and tabernacle. How does this apply to us? So in our Anglican formularies, we follow a, a, an, an ancient pattern the church has followed from the beginning. And we say this about the Old Testament law. So the things in the law that are moral, they are eternal and they carry over into the new covenant. So in the old covenant law, it was uh, is sin to murder. It's still sin to murder. So the moral principles stay the same because they're a reflection of God's character. The ceremonial principles change because Jesus has fulfilled them. So we don't bring sacrifices to the altar at the tabernacle or temple because Jesus has completed one final and full sacrifice. So we don't we don't do all that stuff. But spiritually, we still go to the temple because the physical temple was a reflection of the true heavenly temple where Jesus is high priest. And every time we gather for worship, we go there. So we can learn wisdom about the importance of sacrifice and atonement and and sacrifice of praise and worship and all kinds of things from that. But we don't aren't under the direct ceremonial law. Also, the law of circumcision is superseded as well. And then there's the civil law. There are a number of laws in the in the Torah that are for Israel as a nation, and those are taking the moral principles that God has given that are eternal and applied them to Israel. So again, we don't have to come under them. The church isn't a nation. Um, there's a debate within Christianity whether there can be Christian nations or not. But but for those that think that's the case, um, a nation wouldn't have to slavishly follow the law of Israel. But they look there for wisdom, obviously in God's wisdom. So that's one thing. That's kind of how the law functions. What about the rest of the stories? Well, second thing is sort of what I touched on in the last two episodes, that the whole all the other stories prepare us for Jesus. So we're constantly looking for Jesus and looking for how Jesus is prepared in the Old Testament. And you can't understand who Jesus is because he is Yahweh, the God of the Old Testament incarnate, without the Old Testament background. All his language, all his concepts, his whole worldview is Old Testament. So to get Jesus, you got to know the Old Testament. <clears throat> and then lastly, um, it, it gives us wisdom for how to live. Um, again, we have to read through the lens of Christ, but the whole book gives us lots of wisdom. I think of you know the book of Proverbs, full of practical wisdom for life. You have to sort of suss out the weights in a in an ancient agrarian Middle Eastern context, but there's great wisdom for living there in the Old Testament. So so there's 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 continuity between the testaments and discontinuity. There's some real obvious places where there's continuity. 
real obvious places where there's discontinuity. And there's some places where it's it's not 100% clear and Christians differ on it. But the whole thing is the word of God. We read the whole thing through the lens of Jesus. The whole thing unfolds God's story. And um, we can't really get Jesus without the Old Testament. So we read it faithfully and regularly. Let me say one more thing. In our worship at St. Patrick's, and if you're in a liturgical church, you'll experience this as well. We have four scripture readings. We have an Old Testament, a Psalm, a New Testament lesson, and the Gospel. And there's a, there's a very intentional purpose for this. Um, the liturgy is a reenactment of the story of God. And so the readings, of course, don't give every detail the story of God. But what they're meant to do is to show us that the New Testament fulfills the Old, that they're interconnected, so that the, the, the readings in the Old Testament anticipate Jesus, the Psalms anticipate Jesus. You can think of the Psalms as actual prayers of Jesus, because in addition to being written by the psalmist, they are inspired by the Holy Spirit, so they're God's Word, and Jesus is God's Word, John 1, and so those are his prayers. So that's one of the reasons um, the, the, the church from the beginning has built daily prayer around the reciting of psalms because we're reciting Jesus' prayers to him and with him to the Father, and it unites us with the Lord in his prayers and his heart. I could go on, but those are probably some helpful tidbits as you navigate how to read the Bible as one book. God bless and have a great day.